today is our bonus episode where we discuss the um, American Murder Family Next Door documentary on Netflix. Yes. So basically, what to what we're gonna do today is I'm gonna give a brief overview um, of what the story kind of is and the timeline. Um, and then we're just going to talk about the documentary and uh, our thoughts and opinions and stuff like that. Yeah, and a few of y'all left um, Facebook comments, so we'll read those and talk about those. But yeah, like Carly said, it's mostly just us um, having a conversation about it. This has no like strict structure or anything like that. It's just a bonus episode, and we're going to see how it goes to see if we can do more. So, this begins actually five weeks before um, Shanann Watts and her two little girls were murdered. Um, five weeks before that, Chris and Shanann were not getting along very well. Uh, Shanann claimed that Chris was acting weird, and she actually thought that he was having an affair. Um, he wasn't being... Um, like, he would not touch her. He would not really have a conversation with her. He was being very distant. So she was worried about that. Um, and all the while, she was in North Carolina visiting family, and Chris was at home. Um, so on the night of August 13th, 2018, um, Shanann actually gets home at 2 a.m. from a business trip. Her and her friend Nicole Atkinson went to a um, conference for their, it's a, like a, what would you call Is that? Is it like one of those network marketing things, like Herbalife? And right, and it's called Thrive. Thrive. Yeah. yeah, so so they sell things, um, and so this was just a conference. There was going to be some people there that they wanted to hear talk, um, so Shanann and her friend Nicole went to that they got home pretty late. Their flight was delayed. Um, I do know that for sure. So they didn't arrive home until about 2 a.m. And that is when Nicole dropped um, Shanann. Shanann. Shanann off. It was actually 1.48 a.m. So it was closer to 2. They just always say 2. Um, anyways, so Shanann goes to bed. Um, you know, Chris is already there. She tries to uh, talk to him. They actually end up having sex. And then, you know, she thinks things are going well. And um, after that, he pretty much tells her, we, I, we're done. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Like, we're totally done. Um, we need to separate. Um, and so I'm assuming that there was an emotional conversation that was had at that point, probably some arguing, maybe some yelling, things of that nature. She had no idea this was coming. Um, she just knew that he was acting weird. So um, with that, uh, he actually climbed on top of her and strangled her to death. Um, and I've heard different things. Chris actually said that she was, she was awake when this was happening. Um, and she didn't fight back at all, but Shanann's father believes that she was asleep because Shanann wouldn't have went down that easily. Yeah, he said his daughter was a fighter, and <clears throat> at this point in the documentary, they were showing pictures of Chris with his shirt off. You know, they were taking photos for evidence to see if there was any, like, defensive wounds or anything like that, and um, there, was, there wasn't anything. There wasn't a scratch. There wasn't a bruise. There wasn't a scrape, so her father believed... She had to be asleep. Otherwise, he would have been 
beat the hell up. Right, and and not even just for her sake, but she wouldn't go down that easy knowing that she had those two little girls. So, um, and I also agree with that. So I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that she was probably asleep. Um, however, we don't know, and we will never know. He's not gonna you know be truthful about anything. Um, anyways, so he wraps Shanann up in a bed sheet um, and takes her and backs, he backs his truck up. You can actually see it on video and we'll post the link to the video. Um, he backs his truck up to the garage. He apparently takes her and puts her in the floorboard of the back seat. He gets to the little girls and puts them in the truck as well. And they're sitting in the back seat and they're literally seeing their mother laying on the floorboard. And, you know, at some point, one of the girls is like, is mommy okay? And his, and Chris's response is, she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, Chris works at an oil field. Um, I'm not sure exactly what his occupation is, but it is pretty far out there. There's two large oil tanks um, and then it's just bunch of brush and wildflowers and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a remote area. Right. So this is where he actually goes. Um, he's He drives out there. It's probably about 45 minutes to an hour uh, long. The girls are still in the back seat. Um, he says that they're kind of sleeping on and off. They just don't understand what's going on. At one point, Bella says it smells back here. Um, he gets to the oil field he digs a shallow grave and puts Shanann in it um, and then covers her back up. And after that, he then proceeds to kill his children. Um, he starts with uh, Celeste. She was three years old. Um, he said that she didn't put up a fight at all. And he was doing this all while Bella was sitting right next to her. Um, and so he you know, smothers her to death, puts his uh, fingers on her nose and a blanket over her head and just basically makes sure that she cannot breathe and she in, dies of just not being able to breathe. It's very sad. Um, so, <coughs> so then he goes on to Bella, which is, she's four, um, and she actually does put up a fight and this, like, absolutely killed me. He said that before he put the blanket over her face, she said, Daddy, no, and, and tried to fight him off, and he just continued to smother her. Um, after this, he put the two girls inside the uh, oil tower. Yeah. So, this is a point where I want to say um, we normally don't cuss. We might say hell or damn or whatever, but this might be a more explicit episode because... It pissed me off that, uh, I'm just going to say it, this bitch put his children in an oil tank. What type of coward mm -hmm. do you have to be mm -hmm. to not only murder your pregnant wife? Oh, yeah. She was 15 weeks pregnant at the time, and it was a little boy, and they were supposedly going to name him Nico. Nico, and they wanted a boy. Mm -hmm. Um Yes. And then you kill your two daughters and then you dump them in the oil tank at your job. I just, I don't get it, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so this, this episode was very hard for me. Um, I actually watched 
or the the documentary it was hard for me I actually watched the documentary and then went straight to bed and like seriously cried because I was looking at Bentley like how could you ever do that to a child and your child anyways but I just I I don't get it like the day before he was acting so happy with his children you know they Shanann documented their entire lives on Facebook there was there's all kinds of videos on her Facebook about um just their life in general and and there was a video from like just days before and he was you know kissing them and singing and dancing with them and then how do you smother them and throw them in an oil tank I just don't get it that's what I was going to ask you because this is one of the notes I took because like I said I'm a nerd <clears throat> and I took notes but one of them says as a new mom and wife did this affect you differently than you think it would before Bentley and Brad Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I was very emotional after this. I have, like I, I put on Facebook last night, I said that I had researched serial killers. I had researched, uh, true crime. I do it every single day and pretty much nothing faces me anymore. Like I can, I can read something and be, and just take notes on the information and not really, um, tie myself to the emotions that much. But this one, I absolutely, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I, this will always haunt me. I mean, it is just absolutely heartbreaking. So, since this pissed me off, and since it broke Carly's heart, this is where I want to insert a little bit of humor. And obviously, I'm not making light of the case, or the family, or the situation. But, <laughs> I was watching this with Carly's grandmother. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and if you know Vondi, Vondi's a little crazy in a good way. So... She had two quotes. Um, one of them, he, she said, I can totally see why he cheated on her. I can even see why he might have killed her. Oh, my God. But the two little girls, how could you kill your own babies? So that was the first quote. Um, <laughs> and obviously she didn't mean that she supports him killing his right. wife. Right, yeah. But... But to look your own children in the eyes yeah. and kill them, that's not something that I just, I don't, no one is ever going to be able to to understand that. That brings me to um, his mother and father weren't fans of Shanann. Neither was his sister. Um, mm -hmm. His parents didn't attend the wedding. And when they asked around, you know, what was the friction? Why was this a bad relationship? How did the relationship sour? Several people said Shanann could be bossy. Um, and even throughout the text messages, which I like the way they did this. I like how while you were watching the documentary, they documented it through like a text thread between her and her friend and her and her husband. I agree. Which um, I've seen that done a couple times before. And I think that's like relevant to our society now because we're all addicted to our phones. And it makes it, it's like setting the scene basically. Mm -hmm. So, um, I like that aspect of it, but, um, she had even acknowledged herself that she likes things a certain way. She knew that Chris knew that, and he rarely ever fought her back or argued back, um, on anything. And she never thought about how that affected that affected him as a man. And she said that, you know, yeah. like I have, yeah, she I admitted it. Right. Um, so once again, it's not an excuse for what he did, but that might give you a little bit of insight that maybe this wasn't just a snap decision. Maybe it had been building and building and building. Right. But he didn't want to communicate about it. Right. He didn't bring it up. So. 
And that was another thing she said to her friend was lack of communication. Yeah. So that might have been some tension building that built up to him finally snapping. But I think the reason he did this is because he did have an affair. Right. Um, I think he wanted that new life. Yeah, he wanted the new life. And um, when they, not when they met, but um, he was about 245 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. And over the course of like a year or so, he had dropped down to 185. And I think he, I thought he was a good looking man, in my opinion. He was. Um, he's a good looking man. He had a nice smile. Um, he really, really liked to work out. He was fit. So the, de- the detective said this, but mm-hmm. um, yep. whenever you lose that amount of weight, it could be one of several things. One of them being you're losing that weight to attract a certain someone. If the spark is gone between you and your wife, if you lose that weight and get fit, you might attract a another, you know, fit, younger, active girl. Or um, another thing could be that he already met this girl and said, you know what, I got to get in shape if I want to go after her. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <clears throat> that was that was another thing that, um, oh yeah. That's that's why I think that he killed his family is because he wanted to leave that behind, right? And move on with this new life with this new young girl, and right. They even showed them they went on a trip together while mm-hmm. uh, Shanae and the girls were out of town. Yeah, it looked like they were outdoors hiking and stuff. So he was doing you know this new fun stuff and being active with this younger pretty girl and going on dates and stuff and. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the obvious solution to that is. If, if, if you're if you're done you're done you know get a divorce or whatever it's not slaughter your family yeah seriously <laughs> I mean come on um I kind of wanted to touch on just briefly the um when he got arrested and how that kind of went how his trial kind of went um so he was arrested hold up before he was arrested yeah two things so um luckily the authorities agreed to hand over this body cam footage because that's what I'm assuming it was. Yeah, it was. Like the the beginning and throughout, it was like a first-hand account because the officer that was working the scene had a body cam on. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that stood out to me. Um, number one, when the cop handed him his card and told him, you know, you can call him 24-7, Chris said, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> he just said, sweet. Like, okay, if if that is, if I'm him and my wife and daughters are missing, I'll take the card, but I'm going to say, sir, can you please stay here until we figure something out? Can we stay here and discuss any leads? I don't want you to leave yet. I need you to find my wife and daughter. I would be completely hysterical. And he's just like, sweet. Okay, yeah, he was just I'll done with call. it. Cool. Yeah, He was cool, like, bro. all right, we'll see you later then. And the neighbor across the street who had the cameras where you could see the truck oh, backing yeah. in. This guy right yeah. here. So he was like, I, this guy cracked me up because he was acting completely normal. And then as soon as Chris walked out, he's like, that dude's not acting right. <laughs> he's not acting right. He's rocking back and forth. He's babbling. Usually he's super subdued. He's super quiet. But that dude right there, like as soon as Chris left the room, he's like, look, look. <laughs> Yeah, something. So uh, I want to give a sh- yeah, I want to give a shout out to that guy, and I want to give a shout out to Shanann's friend Nicole. Mm-hmm. She went as soon as she couldn't like get a hold of what's her name, Shanann. As soon as Nicole couldn't get a hold of Shanann, she went directly to her house and was like, 
peeking in the doors, trying to find the garage code, trying to see what was up. Um, she was there and she was hot and heavy on Chris. Like, have you talked to her? Where is she? You know, she was searching the house for evidence everything. So shout out to her for being such a good friend. She even knew that Shanann had missed her doctor's appointment that morning at 9 a.m. Right. Um, and right before we get into the actual arrest, um, this was right after he was arrested, but the K-9 uh, unit came through and the investigators were super skeptical because they kept saying how immaculate the house was. And for someone to have two young children and to be, you know, a young family and to have like a working mom and a working dad, nobody's house is going to be in that condition. Yeah, Pinky came into my house today and there, there was like diapers all over the floor. I was like, sorry, dude. But, you know, that's just how it is. Like if if both people work and you've got kids, you, you don't, that's the last thing you're going to do. And so he obviously had time to clean things up um, and they were out of town. So, you know, they hadn't been there for a while and... You know, how that is. Whatever. Anyways, so I'm going to go to the, the whole arrest situation. Um, he was arrested for the uh, murder of Shanann at first and just the murder of Shanann. Um, he then talks to detectives. The detectives um, try to get stuff out of him that, um, you know, like what he did, what happened, what if, if it was like an argument gone wrong. Um, anything like that, and, you know, he said he finally, I mean, after hours and hours, I watched footage for, like, ever um, researching this, but after hours and hours, he finally fessed up to his dad. He wouldn't tell the, um, tell the detectives. He fessed up to his dad that he watched Shanann um, strangle or smother yeah smother their their children Cece and Bella and so that's why he killed her yeah and at this point when he's confessing to his dad actually when he's talking to his dad and the officers you can't see his face like directly you might get a side profile every now and then but he's talking to his dad <laughs> they were blue and <laughs> yeah. bro were you even crying like yeah I don't even if you were crying you were probably crying because you felt guilty but right. these mm. These freaking, uh, <laughs> <laughs> these crocodile tears making up this story about your wife strangling the girls. Even your own dad didn't, your own dad didn't believe that. And his, and you know, it kind of made me mad his dad's reaction. He was just like, oh, okay. So she smothered him. Yeah. And I like, if my he's son. A, he's a God almighty son. <laughs> if my son smothered someone. Or if, if I, if my son told me that they're, that his wife smothered their children. I mean, I would just be going ballistic. You can't just be calm about that news. You just can't. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I think his dad already knew. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Right, because, like I said, the parents didn't really care for her. And they had just had an incident where in North Carolina where one of the girls was allergic to something. And there was ice cream bought by Chris's mom. And Shanann and Chris's mom and dad had like a... A disagreement about that and basically said that you know her great her her children would not see the, those grandparents anymore they wouldn't be around um, as long as the ice cream was in the house or she couldn't trust them about what they would bring in the house because potentially that allergic reaction could kill her daughter so they already had a rocky relationship and then that happened. So I feel like the as soon as the dad got the news, he probably put two and two together. Right. 
Right, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, and so the detectives, you know, they give him... Th- at, they just keep on on him. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. You didn't kill her because she killed your two little girls. That doesn't even add up at all. And they just keep on him and keep on him and keep on him. And finally, they pull out the pictures of the oil field because that's where he said he went first that morning. They pull out the pictures of the oil field and they tell him, you know, where are the bodies? And he tells them, he, he draws on, on the map and tells them where the girls are and he tells them where he, he buried Shanann. Um, and so they send people out there to recover those bodies. Uh, it took a little while to get the girls out of the tank, I'm sure, um, as it was filled with oil. Um, and so, you know, they, they charge him with their death as well. And um, so basically what happens is he gets five life sentences because he pled pled guilty. Had he pled not guilty, he would have been sentenced to death. So basically he took a plea. Yeah, he took a plea so he wouldn't get the the death penalty. But, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, we asked for feedback from the audience to let us know if they watched it or not and what they thought and that we would discuss it on the show. And our cousin Samantha said, I hope he rots in prison. And... Right. My whole thing is, yes, um, prisons might be full of criminals or, you know, falsely accused criminals, but it's pretty much general all across the way. They do not mess with child molesters. They do not mess with baby killers. So I wouldn't want to be sentenced to death either, but just imagine how he's getting treated in there. Oh, and you know what? Here is one of the one of the main things that I read, and it made me want to just go slap him in the face immediately. He was moved. Um, he was, let's see, he was in Weld County Jail in Colorado, and he said that when he was in jail there, that other inmates would constantly yell at him from their cells, giving him advice on how he should kill himself in his cell and what other inmates would do to him given the chance. So he was actually moved from that jail. For his safety. Yeah, for his safety to um, another prison. Hmm. So They'll find out there, buddy. Yeah. They'll find out there, too, what you're doing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's so, you know, I don't know. He's just super popular at this time so you know people will know about it so before um before he got sentenced um and before he confessed he took a polygraph test and (laughs) this is kind of a tangent but like I don't know if I could be a polygraph test administrator I'd be like well you're lying you're lying like shut up she told him twice like you have to breathe normally. Like, you have to breathe or, you know, the test isn't going to read accurately. Like, your breathing's jacked up. I think you know that. Like, basically, she's telling him, I know you're lying. But they can see him. Basically, she was giving him, like, hints. Like, bro, I know you're lying. Yeah. But (laughs) they can can see the needle move, you know, whenever you're lying. I don't think I could sit there and just with, like, a blank face and just, hmm. No, I'd be like, hey, buddy, all right, turn around. Let me put these cuffs on you, bro. That would not be the job for me. And Mm -hmm. then (laughs) another funny thing. So the same polygraph administrator, I guess she was a detective as well. 
um, she was trying to get, you know, the truth out of him. And this was a quote. She said, chicks are crazy, you know? <laughs> and she asked if Shanann did anything to the girls um, to where he felt like he had to do something back. And I think he kind of fell for that, you know? He fell for that and made up that story yeah. about... Um, she smothered or choked them, and they were blue, and then he did the same thing back to her in a rage. And, but he thought, and when he he fell for that, I'm sure he was like, oh, this is my out. Yeah. But he wouldn't even say anything until she said that, so I'm sure she, she was sitting there like, this this idiot right. fell for that. Um, and the other thing about, so, number one, I couldn't be a polygraph test administrator. <laughs> number two, I couldn't be a detective boy i could i know you could (laughs) this part right here when you're in when you're in the interrogation room and i understand you have to do everything in your power to try to get these people to talk this bitch rubbed his back she kept rubbing she did she did i saw that (laughs) yeah you know he just killed his pregnant wife and two kids and you're over here just rubbing it's okay yeah. No, it's not okay. And his dad was in there rubbing yeah. his back. I was like, man, this guy. I mean, what what am I going to have to do for a back rub? Kill somebody? <laughs> and then and then I had like a come to Jesus moment with myself because um, we said on a few of our podcasts before about, you know, um, we spoke on, you know, societal issues with racism and discrimination. We don't really, we haven't talked about cops or anything, but. I feel like I'd be a dirty cop, yeah. even though I hate them. Yeah. If this, if I, if, if I got brought into something where there was, it doesn't even have to be a woman, but anybody with two dead children, I would pull an Elliot Stabler and whoop somebody's ass. Yeah. And probably get everything thrown out. But that's why I couldn't do that job. Yeah. I feel that. Oh. Um, and in that case, I feel like the whole innocent until proven guilty thing doesn't really apply for me. I'd just start, <laughs> like, banging his head off the table and be like, listen. So, so we'd both be dirty cops. <laughs> yeah. Even though we hate dirty cops. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, another point. Uh, do we want to talk about the other Nicole a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. So, um... Heather Bocook um, wrote in, she said the girl he had an affair with, she totally knew. Her calling in to act like she was concerned was her trying to cover herself, in my opinion. Um, initially, I didn't think that. Um, Same. And I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure if I do think that she knew, but I don't think she was as innocent as she... Um, led us to believe she did admit that she knew he was married but he told her he was getting a divorce right um from the beginning she said that he told her that they were separated yes yes he. and then it changed from it changed to oh he told me that they're getting a divorce Mm -hmm. so that's kind of an inconsistency right there and then she was talking to the detective about how she wanted her own children. And he asked, did you ever say anything to Chris about, um, you know, his children being a problem or you wanting to start a family with somebody who doesn't already have children? Nope, nope, never said that. Never, never said that. Nope. She answered nope. that way too quick. Way too quick. And it's like, 
Are you trying to convince us? Well, are you trying to convince the detective or are you trying to convince yourself? Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know if she knew that he was going to murder them. Right. But it just seemed like yeah. you were pushing him in, into that direction of like, you got to do this now or peace out, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that a lot, actually. I am sweating. Sis, <laughs> um, it's, it's 66 in here. It's because of this this jacket I have on. Um, oh, so speaking of um, Nicole, <laughs> another quote from Carly's grandmother. <laughs> Are y'all ready for this? Jeez, help. Sex. It's not even that great anyway if you don't know what you're doing. How can that make you? I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. So basically she was saying, how could sex with Nicole be that great to the point where you want to kill your wife and kids? But when you're sitting there watching a sad documentary and your aunt <laughs> says, sex isn't even that great anyway, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> How does she know they don't know what they're doing? I mean, you're her grandchild, so she knows what sex is. Can we stop? <laughs> That's making me sick. <laughs> oh, snap. Um, another note, back to her... Um, Back to Shanann being like uh, the person who wore the pants in the marriage. She did say that too. Mm -hmm. um, she realized, you know, she was belittling him. At one point, I think it came, when it came to the fight she had with his parents, she told him to grow some balls. And she, once again, she never thought how her behavior affected him as a man. And this is going to be another tangent of just my thoughts and Carly can chime in, but I know women are crazy too. I know that women, I mean, we already talked about Jody Arias or Arias. I don't know. I've heard either one. Um, and I know firsthand women are, can be very petty. Women can be very jealous, possessive, manipulative, all of the above. But some ob observations I've made about men, that ego, that pride. Mm -hmm. We all have ego. I know it's not just a man thing. It's a human thing. I get it. We're talking about men right now. That ego, if it's not stroked, and if you slightly crack that ego, these MFs don't know how to handle it. Yeah, I agree. And that's another reason why I think he might have snapped. Mm -hmm. He did seem like a calm guy who was like, you know, cool, calm, collected, all that stuff. But when you've been some f with someone for so long, and since day one, she kind of belittled you. There was even a clip where he dressed up as Santa <laughs> to come in and surprise the girls. And I guess she needed her phone to take pictures. And she just talked to him like he was a dumbass. I know, yeah. Like, that oh. part she's like, okay, genius, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. oh, so this is what a day in the life with Shanann is. Yeah. So, once again, not excusing his actions. Right, yeah. But it's, you know, it, it makes you think. <laughs> it makes yeah, you think like. How long this had been building up. Right, and that's, and that's the point that is being made, is that this, I don't think this was just an all of a sudden snap decision. This, I think, has just been building up. And, you know, that's what he did and he shouldn't have. You know, there's other ways to get out of a relationship, obviously. But that's and just... Correct me if I'm wrong. Had she already been married or was she in a long-term relationship? No, she had already been married. Okay, she had already been married. And I think when they divorced, 
she worked her ass off to build her own house. She did. At the age of 25. She did. So I can also see her perspective is like, I can do bad without you, bro. Like, I'm independent. Yeah. I can do all that. Like, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. But for both of them, if you have unresolved issues, um, and I understand that if you love somebody, you got to work through it. But and if, this is the lack of communication. Mm -hmm. If you have unresolved issues, maybe marriage isn't the answer, right? Or maybe you right. know some marriage counseling or something, right? Um, and I'm not. They could have had marriage counseling. I don't know that, but it just seemed like both of them kind of like swept each other off their feet because she's off their feet, <laughs> off their foots. Um, <laughs> she said that you know he was her dream man. And what was the status you found, you weirdo? <laughs> what did that say? Carly creeped on. Shanann's Facebook. <laughs> I don't remember. It said something like, uh, he's my rock or something, you know. He's my rock. He's my superhero, whatever. I think they were kind of like infatuated with one another. Yeah. And maybe, speculation, kind of maybe they just rushed into it. I don't know. Right. And that, and it happens. It does but happen. you know what's not the answer? <laughs> Murder. Yeah. So here, let me see. It's pulling up right now. The thing that I sent you from her page. It's a picture of Shanann and Chris, and this is from Shanann's Facebook, and it's May 5th, 2018 at 4.20 p.m. It says, I love this man. He is my rock. And, you know, they're, they just look so happy together, but, and shortly after that, you know, a few months later. So aside from killing his wife and kids, he had other reckless behavior. Um... <laughs> So, she was out of town, and sis checked the bank account and the bank statement. Oh, yeah. Bro was going out on dates, spent $60 at, like, the equivalent of, like, I don't know, an Applebee's or something. Right. Spent 60 bucks. So, and listen, okay, and this goes into, and I'm not saying she was wrong for doing this, because when you think somebody's cheating on you and they're not being honest with you, you got to do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. um, she went as far as found the total on the bank statement. Went online, hit Google, because I love Google. Shout out to Google. Jesus. Googled the menu, asked him what he had. He had salmon and a beer. She said, that's like 30, bu 30 bucks. Where did the other 30 come from? She's over here with her calculator. Women be crazy, bro. But you know, she thought something was up. No, so she said, it. I'm checking this bank account. And he said, this is the first, that was the first time that he had actually... He, he stopped caring. Right. Yeah. That was his last, that was his last straw. Like he was done. He didn't care if he used their bank account. He didn't care what she said. It was done. And I know when you're married and when you have kids, it's not as easy as this, but ladies, if you don't trust him, just bounce, just yeah. bounce all that extra stuff. He doesn't care. Obviously you're stressing yourself out, be, trying to be, you know, inspector gadget over here and checking bank statements and doing addition and trying to figure out the tip and this, that, and the third, like that's, it's. Is my man's here? Bentley's here. Okay, the baby has arrived. Um, <laughs> one second, I gotta say hi. Which is like, yeah. you ch you strangled her because she told you she was taking the kids away, but then you took their lives. Yeah, so that's not makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about all that. Me either. And there were some specific stats at the end of the documentary about um violence that men commit against women um in relationships oh I, yeah yeah yeah. i didn't write them down um 
I'm hoping y'all saw it. <laughs> but if you didn't, um, basically they were alluding to, you know, a lot of women don't flee um, abusive marriages. And I don't think this one is abusive, but basically it's like when there is violence in a relationship, most of the time it's the man against the woman. Yep. And yep. we're not just saying that because we're women. That is like a... That's a literal statistic. Yes, it's, it's a serious issue. Um, violence, domestic violence in households um, that often, unfortunately, end in death. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few more comments um, on Facebook. Is there anything else you wanted to add before I read those? Nope, not... No, I think we got it all. Okay. Um, our friend Lena said... A heartless man is what you see in the documentary. I remember when this happened and seeing him on TV before they discovered the truth and thinking this man is eerily calm. After seeing this, it is all too evident to put the pieces together. So sad. Agreed. Definitely. And a few more. Um, Carly's aunt Lisa just said, you know, it was heartbreaking. Vondi, who we've already shouted out several times, <laughs> my aunt, Carly's grandmother, said she cried all throughout it. No words. And she did. She did cry. Um, Katie Clark said, this one really got me at the end when he confessed that he smothered his kids. And one of them said, no, daddy, crush my soul. Um, Samantha, once again, she said, I hope he rots in jail. And like we said, and even like Carly's husband, Brad said just now, I'm not going to as graphic as him he's definitely um being punished right now in prison for doing what he did and Paige howard royster said just watched i can't even process how someone could possibly do something like this absolutely awful so all in all i think netflix did a good job with the documentary oh absolutely um, i don't know how i missed this because when i told my mom that we were going to watch it um, she said, oh yeah, he killed his kids and put them in oil drums. And I'm like, oh, you, you know the deets. She's like, yeah, I know it all. So I don't know how I missed it. And I don't think I've said this before. I know we've said several times that Carly is the true crime person, but growing up, I loved watching Dateline on Friday nights with my mom. And even now as a 31 year old, if I don't have plans, which it's COVID, you don't really have plans on Friday night, Yeah. but even, you know, if it's, if it wasn't a pandemic, um, I don't like to go out every night anymore. I like to chill. I don't like to do anything ever. But but I still look forward to like having nothing on my calendar on Friday nights so I could just chill by myself and watch Dateline. Agree. Um, and I just saw something before I left the house to come over here. Dr. Phil did a interview, an exclusive interview about a missing mom in Colorado. Um, we're going to have to look some stuff up on that and maybe touch on it in the future. Mm-hmm. We have um, several suggestions for new episodes, and we are still trying to plan what we're doing for Halloween. But as always, oh, 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 two people in the same week said we need to talk about the, is it Green River Killer? Yeah, Green River Killer. Mm -hmm. Two people in the same week. Yeah. So I think that one should come up soon. Mm -hmm. um, I know one that I want to touch on. Um, in the coming weeks is Tamla Horsford. Yeah. They recently reopened that case. It was about a black woman who did a went to a sleepover with fellow soccer moms, and she was found the next morning dead. Mm -hmm. um, 
they basically said maybe she took a fall, but it looked like she was beat. Um, not to try to draw similarities, but mm-hmm. Kendrick Johnson, something happened to him. Mm-hmm. Something, well, he looked like he was beat and everybody else said it was something else. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we can get into that soon. Uh, anybody else? We have B. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody said to save that for a special occasion because it's so um, such an he's such an infamous um, person and there's a lot to talk about and a lot to dive into yes, and research. And I keep saying this every episode, but I think Carly and I need to sit down and figure out like a recurring segment or two that we want to do every week. Yeah. Whether it's like a local crime or maybe even like a recommend like a podcast recommendation for the week like something you heard this week me or her heard and we can recommend it or Mm -hmm. um, yeah I have a lot of friends that do podcasts so maybe like a shout out or something like that we'll figure it out but um, we wanted to do this to try something new and to try to come up with different content for our listeners to make us stand out so if you want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have the Gmail at whatacrimepod at gmail.com. And that's all I have to say. What about you? That's all I have to say. Um, tomorrow is my mom's birthday, and you'll be listening to this tomorrow. So wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie-san. <laughs> um, and I guess we will see you Thursday. Yep. And... Uh, Holla, baby, flamingo. Bye!